Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. The Blast from Our Past Network. Hey, James here from the Action Action Podcast. Uh, I'm joined by always by with no. I'm joined by I'm joined always As by always. <laughs> I'm always joined by Dustin. That's me. Uh, and hey, we're an action movie podcast. We're actually the only action movie podcast yeah, that aren't. fucking dares. <laughs> To watch all the action movies and put them on a list, best to worst, okay? All of them. All of them. You know, maybe we should do a worst to best list. <laughs> oh, now, now you're just, that's, Fucking, that's a little too crazy. I mean, that's maybe I'm a little ahead of the game. People aren't ready for that. They're yet. not ready for that. Uh, anyways, Dustin, hey, I don't know if you know this. We either are or aren't a part of the BFOP network, depending when this comes out. I don't know. I think we're still a part of it. Okay. So we're still a part of it. There's other shows on there like Talking Back. Um, Revenge. Oh, man. You uh, used to have it. I'm back to this. Um, Return Revenge. Return Revenge Resurrection. Um, You know, which is very topical right now because it's October and it's spooky. Damn right. Spooky time. And um, Talking Back, I already said, and uh, Podcasting After Dark, and... And it used to be another one, I feel like. <laughs> well, there was Blast From Our Past, but I, uh, I don't know if they're still around. I think they're folding. But you got to go over there, check out their last... Uh, I think they got a, a last episode coming out. Their so. last hurrah. But hey, enough of that jargon. Why don't, um, why don't we do this thing that we do every week, where you... Tell me what the fuck I should be watching <laughs> and what I shouldn't be watching. A little right. segment we call Sink or Swim, Seek or Destroy. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, it's October. I've been watching horror films, as you would expect. Big surprise. Big shocker. And I mean, this is a Spooktober episode, so it makes sense that we'd be talking about some horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of stuff. I'll first mention I watched a movie called The Deadly Spawn. Deadly Spawn. Yeah. Now this is a movie about. Uh, That's a killer poster. Some uh, some space slugs like land, land on uh, on Earth and they uh, they get into some basements and there's water. They start eating people. They start growing real big in these basements. That's awesome. Uh, it's a pretty fun. You know, hyper low budget movie. I really enjoyed it. Lots of good gore. Um, just ridiculous kind of. Uh, plot of course but the the effects are pretty good for this budget of a thing and i like the look of the creatures you can see one there and his 
all oh, his yeah. fucking teeth. With all the teeth. Yeah. So I uh, had a lot of fun with this. This is one I've been meaning to watch for years. Finally got around to it. Really liked it. Uh, watched this Japanese movie from the 60s called Kwaiden, which is like a... It's actually like a four-hour movie or three-hour movie about... It's a bunch of short stories, Japanese kind of ghost stories, folklore. Um, it's about four short ones that make up this long movie. Uh, really amazingly shot film. Hmm. Crazy use of color and sets. Really mm-hmm. fun. As term, in terms of spookiness, it's pretty you know on the low end because it's just these old-timey ghost story kind of things. Right. But they're cool. Like They're cool stories. It's just not like it's not something you're gonna watch and be like, oh my god, I'm, I'm terrified. terrified. Yeah. yeah, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, how about a miss, a destroy? Yeah, let's hear it. I watched this one called The Unnameable. This is this is way too cool a, a poster for this film. Wow. Uh, based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. This is another '80s one where, but the, it's one of these movies where the most of the the t- runtime is just people wandering around a house looking for the monster. Uh, you don't actually see the monster until like the last five minutes of the movie. It does look cool, but it, this is not a good movie. These are boring characters, boring mm. situations. Nothing really happened. A lot of, you know, jump scares or people just making their way through dark hallways being like, what, what's what's over here? Let's see what's over here. <laughs> you know, like yeah. nothing really happening. See, this is the thing with like low budget movies. You just have to like, just jump into it and just like who cares if the the creature or whatever looks like shit it actually looks cool in this movie and you don't get to see it until the end it's too bad yeah it's like they wanted to save it to be a surprise or something you know we've seen okay that deadly spawn movie is a low budget movie but they managed to make it fun through the runtime Mm -hmm. these guys are just like well let's kill a bunch of time and then we'll throw the monster in there kind of thing at the end make them wait yeah Rewatched Brain Damage though, which is oh, such a yes. fun movie. So our, good. our our friend Frank Henlauter. No, he's not really our friend, but we loved Basket Case. We did that on the show last year. Brain Damage, also awesome. He did uh Frankenhooker too, of course. Yeah, nice. So uh really enjoyed rewatching that. Watch this new movie, No No One Will Save You. This is like a sci fi horror. It's on uh Apple Plus, I think. Okay. Um it's this young actress, Caitlin Deaver. She's been in a bunch of stuff the last few years. Uh, it's a movie with no dialogue. The entire movie is... So it's a quiet place? Well, sort of, but nobody's trying to actually be quiet. It's just you're following this one character, and uh, she doesn't speak through the whole the entire movie. It's able to tell its story without actually having her talk at any point, and she doesn't really interact with the people in the town she lives in because she's like this outcast. Oh, interesting. Uh, she's been blamed for something that happened when she was younger, and her parents, I think, are dead, so she just lives in this house by herself. Uh, aliens actually land, and she starts dealing with this alien home invasion sort of thing going on. Okay. And yeah, there's no talking. <laughs> uh, I think she has one line late in the movie, but yeah, uh, I actually enjoyed it, and it has a really cool ending, a very strange ending, but uh, I, I did really like the ending of it. Uh, I rewatched fucking Saw. Uh, oh, wow. Because, you know, Saw's a big deal to people. The 10th one just came out recently. Okay. Uh, I never got into this series. I watched the first three, I think, when they came out. Um, and I liked the first movie. And then I did not care for the sequels that I watched. And then I was just like, 
this is a bunch of bullshit. All these sequels popping out like one a year kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, didn't continue with it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back and rewatch the first saw. Cause I remember thinking it was pretty good and yeah, it's a good fucking movie. It's really well done. Hmm. And it's funny that it kicked off the like torture porn whole thing that was going on at that time because there isn't really any torture in the first one. Not really. It's like implied in a couple places. Well, I don't even know if I've actually seen the whole thing of the first one. The first one's good. It's got it's a tight script. It's actually a really good script. And uh, like the actually one of the guys that wrote it is in the movie as you know, there's those two guys that are chained in the room together, and that's most of the movie. Then you see some stuff through flashback about the police uh, uh, investigation. Yeah, I don't Danny think Glover. I've actually seen it. It's pretty good. I'd, I'd say watch it. Uh, I, I think if nothing else, you'd appreciate this, the screenplay aspect of it. Okay. Because, uh, like, I'm not big into the torture porn. Yeah, it's not. It isn't really that. It's just that. It's about things that led to that kind like of thing. Like falling into a pit with needles. Right. I think that happens in the second one. Yeah. Right. Um, I watched a, a new movie, VHS 85. This is part of an ongoing series of found footage horror movies. Um, I really liked the first two VHS back in the day. And then the last few years, they've been pumping them out again all of a sudden. They did like 94, 99, and now this is 85. So they take the footage is, you know, from the era of whatever that movie they're doing. So it's short stories, a uh, bunch of short, and each one is directed by a different person. Okay. And then they're all done as found footage things. So the first ones, I think the, the, the premise was like somebody was stuck in a house. They found this old TV and VCR. So they started watching these blank tapes and then, then you're watching whatever the horror story is. Um, right. Like, and that's what's on these tapes. Uh, they've kind of just like let that part fall by the wayside. And then just, for whatever reason, you're watching these found footage uh, horror stories. This one was was pretty well done. I didn't like the last couple, the two 90s ones. Like, it's an anthology, so they're, they're hit and miss. Like, you'll get one you might really like, and then you'll have two or three that don't really work for you that much. Right. Uh, the last one in particular I thought was pretty bad, 99. And I thought there was like maybe one good story on that one. Mm -hmm. So I was almost like, I don't know. I don't even want to watch these anymore. But then I heard, I heard that this one was good. So I was like, okay, I'll give this one a shot. And yeah, I actually really liked this one. I thought most of the stories were pretty entertaining. There was maybe one that I was like, eh, but, uh, yeah, I think worth watching if you, if you've enjoyed that series or if you like me thought that it was kind of going downhill, uh, I think this one is a resurgence. So check it out uh last thing i'll mention i watched the abomination from 1986 this was an ultra low budget uh shot on video kind of regional can't film. say i've watched it yeah well according to uh imdb i'm one of only less than 700 people who have rated really? it on imdb okay. it just recently came out with a new blu-ray uh, i don't know how how these things get blu-rays and stuff but um, they're just like, man, let's see. Yeah. So this one, uh, I can recommend it to the degree I was talking about, like deadly spawn, somewhat similar. It's, you know, it's a low budget thing. This guy's mom has a tumor that she coughs up into the garbage can. It is like a living thing. It's like a parasite. Right. It crawls into the sun, uh, makes him go around murdering people. And then Sweet. he, um, 
he he coughs up more of them, which they grow in his cupboards at his house. And so then he kills people and then he feeds them the pieces <laughs> into these things living in his cupboards. Okay. okay. Um, it is fun. It, it The story and the acting are very bad. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, you know, these, nobody's professional ever. These are people, amateurs making a movie in the mid eighties. Yeah. Um, but considering that when you take that into account, I think it's pretty fun, especially the gore. There's lots of gore. Uh, the monsters don't look too bad at all, considering, again, nobody knows what they're doing here, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I had some fun with it. It's not amazing by any means. You know, it's a very low, ultra low budget kind of thing. But if you can get past the sort of, you know, terrible, terrible performances <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there are some boring stretches and stuff. Uh, it pays off, I think. So okay, all yeah. right, <laughs> cool. What about you, sir? What have you been watching? All right. Well, I haven't been watching a whole lot of horror stuff. Um, we're recording our next episode in like two days, so I'm gonna save most of my horror stuff for then, uh, which is not much. Um, but I did watch um, the live action Mulan. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So, um, covering all these live action. Well, my kids, man, they just are really like serving a part of our audience that needs to know the reviews for these. Live yeah, action I mean, Disney's. I don't know. Like, maybe people that listen to this are like, yeah, totally. I watch <laughs> that with my kids, right? Well, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure there are people who, who have kids and. Uh, watch they're not all like too. you, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not sitting around watching. Fucking allergic to kids. Shitty eighties uh, horror films. <laughs> um, I actually didn't like it. No, it wasn't good, so I don't recommend it. I like the was cartoon. That, did they do that one before? No, The Lion King was the first one that they did a live action. Yeah, remake, The right? Lion King. But then was Mulan one of the earlier ones? Right after it was that? in twenty twenty. Okay, so I didn't like it. Wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So skip uh then you know uh i did a thing um that i normally do which uh me and netflix got this thing (laughs) right this arrangement yeah okay they give me amazing films sometimes Mm -hmm. and then every now and then they're like you have to watch this to keep our agreement (laughs) going right you take one for the team yeah so they're like i turn it on because i'm like ah i don't know what the fuck to watch one for you james now here's a few of ours yeah (laughs) i don't know what the fuck to watch so i just i turn on netflix and uh it says, here's the first thing, recommend. And it's uh, it's a brand new movie called Reptile. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So this is uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh, okay. I did see something about this. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of a, like a crime thriller kind of thing. Yeah. I um, mean, it's got Benicio. So then that... that- causes some interest it's got justin timberlake in it interesting um i you know for what it is like it's not great but it's like good enough that i'm like yeah sure yeah okay alicia silverstone yeah i was like you know whatever i kind of liked it so it's got a 3.1 on letterbox not too bad i mean for what it is it's just a netflix movie like straight to right 
You need straight to Netflix. Straight to Netflix. <laughs> you need to like veg out uh, something that'll do the job. I mean, Benicio del Toro is like awesome. Yeah, I love him. Like he's just wicked. So just watching him. Yeah, it's enough. Is enough. Um, so. I would say if you're just looking for just a whatever movie, you don't necessarily have to pay attention the whole time, but kind of like, a, eh, throw it on. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, and then I watched The School for Good and Evil. <laughs> okay, that I don't know. I don't so know this, know this is a, a 2022 movie. It, it's like a a teen or a tween movie. Yeah. It's like a movie, uh, about these two, this is with my kids, obviously, um, where the, these like two best friends, they get like, somehow they get enrolled in like this enchanted school for young heroes and villains. <laughs> and there's like a hero side and a villain side and you know they oh, can't like enter Slytherin and Gryffindor yeah right <laughs> so the the two characters you know you think oh okay this person's going to be the villain but they go to the opposite schools and then it's like this whole thing drama <laughs> <laughs> um I actually was surprised that my my older daughter picked it so a surprise she picked it and um she liked it so yeah <laughs> that's all that's so if all you we'll got like 11 12 year old 13 year old yeah. maybe check it out um girl yeah tw 11 12 year old girl i don't right. know if guys would be too <laughs> much into this but uh yeah and then i watched um actually that's all i'm gonna say for this week okay i'm not gonna say too much more i really need to pick up on my horror though yeah what the hell is going on here i don't know i just like i don't know what to watch i don't got very much time what to watch i'll just watch something on, on netflix actually i started watching a movie which i i have to finish on tubi called trucks <laughs> oh yeah i've seen trucks yeah so <laughs> so the same story that maximum overdrive yeah exactly so uh, i'm part way through it um <laughs> But yeah, so I think that was a made-for-TV film. That one. Oh, uh, it seems like it. Yeah. So, um, but you know what? Hey, I did get to watch some horror. I got to watch 1986's Night of the Creeps. Oh hell yeah! Uh, let's roll that trailer. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth. And you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. Freeze! They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. Oh, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. 
What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the Creeps. If you scream, you're dead. All right, so Night of the Creeps. Uh, alien brain parasites entering humans through the mouth turn their hosts into a killing zombie. Some teenagers start to fight against them. Boom. Apparently, that's the synopsis on <laughs> IMDb. Doesn't really do it justice. Not really. Um, yeah, so I remember watching this movie like four years ago for the first time. Yeah. Um, or whenever, three years ago. And like, I really liked it. And I, I still like it. Just, just calm down, Dustin. <laughs> I still like I it. I haven't got the chance to get upset okay, yet. Okay, I still like it. Um, but I almost like totally forgot it. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. So it's like watching it for the first time again. Okay. Well, that's kind of fun. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. I totally forgot the whole alien part at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It is. And bizarre. Uh, well, that's one of the things I love about this movie is that it's like, uh, it starts off and it's like a 50s sci-fi, uh, you know, cheesy drive-in kind of movie. And then switches gears to be like an 80s college comedy yeah and then it's like a zombie movie so it's like all these things at the same time which i really like about it and i guess i just never really got it the first time that it's like it's yeah it's supposed to be like this throwback to like the i don't know 50s 60s sci-fi movies i didn't really even the title like the night of the creeps you know yeah yeah exactly um I also didn't realize there was like all these like, I mean, all the characters are named after like horror. Yeah, everybody's like named horror. after a horror director, right? Yeah. Like you got, uh, you got Romero, uh, Hooper, Cronenberg, Cameron, Landis. Uh, there's Raimi. Uh, I think there's a couple others. Cro- yeah, yeah. There's a couple other ones in there. I think too, but they go to the Corman university, which is like Roger Corman, the producer of so many schlocky, like hundreds of schlocky movies over the years. So, right. Uh, you got, yeah, all these little nods. So watching it this time, it's like, I don't know. Like I was like so confused cause I couldn't remember any of this stuff. So I rem- and it's one of those things like I'm, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I remember this. And then <laughs> I for- have to wait for each thing to happen. I forgot it was like it was like a college eighties style movie with like sorority. Yeah, yeah. Like I forgot that. Um the fraternities and the all fraternities that stuff. and yeah. stuff. The fraternity it's all bros. Greek. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's like so funny. Yeah, it's a funny movie. There like there's so many things that I'm just like I love the corner. Yeah. <laughs> always eating a sandwich. Yeah. Like, always eating a sandwich. It's like just terrible corner. Yeah, just, aw- like, it's awesome. Like, I love it. Did you take the body? <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, what's what's your history with it? Uh, yeah, so it's become one of my favorite uh, horror comedies over the years. And, actually, I, I didn't see it until we lived in the Winchester house, actually. Oh, okay. And the video store that was nearby was the video rental store that I went to growing up all the time that I would walk to to rent all my movies. Save on video? Uh, it was Macmillan Video. 
Oh, McMillan. And uh, it was going out of business when we were living in this house later on, you know, when all together, a bunch of us. And uh, like I lived with John, you know, at that house and a bunch of our other friends. And so we went down and we bought a bunch of movies that they were just because they were selling off their their videotapes. And one of the ones we bought was Night of the Creeps. Yeah. And we all sat around and watched it one night. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. How did I never see this as a kid? I remember looking at the staring at that video box uh, yeah. at the store. But for whatever reason, never rented it. The video, the cover, the VHS cover, like doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. But I mean, I love this art. Like it's, I, I mean, I love it's it. It's misleading in a sense. But I love it. Cause it's like a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you think, Oh, okay. Whatever. It's just another one of these. Yeah, it's just another horror movie, whatever. Yeah. But no, it's so much better than that. Yeah. Um, so I loved, I fell in love with it then. And then, uh, and then, you know, I've just watched it a bunch of times since then. And I remember I showed it to my wife, uh, like when we were still dating, <laughs> like, this is great. It was one of my favorites. And then, yeah, that's a, that's some good art too. Like this, a different alternate poster James is showing me with a hand reaching through the window. Yeah. Like on. that's awesome. Uh, I've seen, a, I've seen three or four different posters for this, but, uh, and then I bought the collector's edition Blu-ray a few years back cause oh, I like okay. it so much. And so, so I, I watch it like every year. So that when you picked it for the show, I was like, oh, okay, well that's gonna be my annual, <laughs> my annual watching of this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, sure enough, I watched my, uh, my Blu-ray. Yeah. Earlier. Cause I think you showed it to me. Yeah, I must. I must have. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just a fun movie. Like the college aspect is actually really well done. It feels just like it could be a college. Totally. 80s college comedy without worrying about all this other stuff, about space slugs that take over your brain and turn you into a zombie and stuff. But then the horror parts are really fun, too. And we get gory later and stuff. But uh the main thing, I think, for me, though, is the detective. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah, Tom Atkins. This is he's so good. He's so good because he's he's obviously the tie between that black and white. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, he's like another generation. He's from a different era. Right. And he's just miserable. Like he just wants to kill himself. (laughs) He wants to kill him. Literally wants to kill himself. Yeah. yeah, we see him in the, you know, we, we learn later that he was the young cop in that black and white portion at the beginning of the film. And it was his ex-girlfriend that gets murdered first by the psychopath with an axe. And then, you know, he kills this guy, but the guy got invaded by the, the space slugs. So he ends up coming back out of the ground later in the film and stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but man, he's just such a funny character. Just like he's doing the full on you know, miserable detective character. Uh, and of course, you know, he's got his thrill, thrill me line that everyone yeah. knows so, and loves, uh, which is great, but he's just, his, his whole just demeanor is hilarious. He honestly, he's just like hamming it up. Oh yeah. Apparently this is his favorite role of any, he ever did. His favorite. Oh movie. really? Yeah. Uh, I also love him in Halloween three, uh, a whole lot cause that's just a wacky movie too. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. This might be his best. It's, it's just so he just a, plays such this a fun performance character so well. Like every scene he shows up at, with the the cast of characters, like I said, the coroner, yeah, and then his partner is there. Yeah. He's not his partner, I yeah, guess. He's another just cop. another detective. And then like the other cops that he like gives shit to at the crime scenes and stuff, and like yeah, uh, like he's talking to those guys and like. 
all right, well, uh, where he's like, where the hell's the body then? Like, where'd it go? And they're like, oh, well, I accidentally sent, you know, I sent two rookies down here and they both went to on the bathroom break at the same, at the same time. time. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's just great. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just pissed off all the time. Yeah. His life just has not panned out uh, in the way that he wanted it to. He's just great. And of course, yes, you know, every time he answers the phone or every time he shows up on the scene, thrill me. <laughs> oh man like he's so jaded he's so jaded um but yeah like you said like later in the movie we see at the end near the end before the finale uh the climax you know the main kid uh you know chris romero uh he goes to get him at his house and tells him what's going on and like you know like oh they got my friend he died and he's just like all right, fine. Like he, you know, he's getting his shotgun. He's getting ready to go. Like, let's go do this. And we see in the background, like his oven is open. <laughs> yeah, the I gas know. Gas is on. He was gonna, he was gonna stick his head in the oven and, and kill himself. I love that scene because he, he like pours a shot glass for the for the yeah, other for guy. the kid. Yeah, <laughs> too. But yeah, he just like he's so jaded. He, it's just like he's so bored. He's just like whatever. Well, like this terrible thing happened to him when he was young. And now these events, I think they're, you know, they're obviously affecting him a lot. Like when he goes and he shoots the the axe murderer, the corpse of the axe murderer that's come up out of the ground and murdered the den mother of the college. The yeah. University. Um, he's like shook. Like He's like, he, I already killed you. Yeah. He blasts his head and it explodes and all the slugs go running everywhere, which I love every time which that happens. Awesome. <laughs> um, he's like sweating and like upset, you know, like. There is the element of him being a badass in the movie, but there's also the element of him being like kind of all fucked up, right? Yeah, totally. So like these slugs, so what what I gather is I don't know. The one alien doesn't agree with the other aliens. Yeah, little naked baby aliens at the beginning about like this experiment that they're doing so they're like you know Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope kind of shit, <laughs> throwing that thing out there. Like, what is the plan here? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never put a lot of thought into what the aliens were up to, kind of. Um, because, like, every time I watch the movie, I just start going with it, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I love this. Like, I love all these bits. And I, I kind of forget, like, why is like why are they doing this? Why did this happen? Why well, and then it kind of like you get the bookend, right? Because then at the yeah, end, yeah. they're trying to find it, find the slug. But these things like multiply. Yeah. So like at some point, like you're just not going to find them anymore. Right. There's so many of them. They're going to take over the whole. But I do love, I don't know. And maybe you can tell me like uh, in other movies, are there slugs like this that like uh, take your body over or? Well, I mean, I, I don't know anything specific. I mean, there's the movie Slither, which came out a lot later from James Gunn, but that's not exactly the same. I don't think they take your, wait, do they take your brain over in that? It's been a while since I watched that. I, they might, they might take your brain over in that too. I can't remember for sure. If they do, like that's definitely like an homage to this kind of thing. And I'm sure, I bet you anything there's old sci-fi movies where this is like a similar premise that is they've done but i don't know anything specific right other than maybe slither i heard that james wan the guy that directed the first saw and he did like the conjuring movies and stuff 
I heard that he wants to remake this movie. Apparently, he said that recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not into that idea. Just leave it. Leave no. it be. See, in my horror movie that I'm writing, one day, mm-hmm. whenever it's done, the version would be it would involve slugs, but the way that you would get them out is salt. Yeah, yeah. So you would sprinkle salt on these zombie creatures, you know, the people. And their bodies would like shrivel up and then the slug would come out <laughs> yeah. and then <Thanks>. like die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see it. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, but besides Tom Atkins, I love the two main guys in this. Like together, they're awesome. They're awesome. Like I like their friendship a lot. The uh, friend, what is that? JC? JC. Uh, yeah. Chris and JC. Are, He's awesome. Yeah. He is great. Um, he's disabled, which is something you don't actually see very much. I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, represent. Yeah. And actually, you know, I was reading an interview with Fred Decker, the, uh, the writer and director. And somebody asked him like, Oh, well, why, why was JC handicapped? Like you didn't, you didn't, uh, talk about it in the movie or anything. And he's just like, well, you don't see it ever. And like, he's like, and you can have a handicapped person in a movie and not, have it be about them being handicapped. Yeah, you don't even have to reference <laughs> right? it. Yeah, and they don't. They don't really. Other than like, no, the bully guy like trips him and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but yeah, no, which is fine. what you'd expect. But nobody's like, and he, I just like his attitude. JC is so great. He's so positive. Yeah, he's like trying to help his buddy, you know, get dates and all this stuff because he's shy. And <laughs> yeah, so totally. He's not shy. He's almost like. um it's almost like he, we have a line where he says, uh, well, I'm not going to get laid. So like, I might as well try to get you laid kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, there's no pressure for him because he doesn't think it's something that is realistic for him. So yeah. then he can just be the, the awesome wingman or whatever for his buddy or something. Um, but he's just, you know, he's super loyal and, uh, there's, I don't know, there's a sincerity to their friendship that is kind of surprising even in like in a movie like this, like a trashy, it's a trashy eighties horror film. But even if it was also just a trashy 80s horror college comedy or whatever, college yeah. comedy, like putting aside the horror stuff, like there's something kind of touching about their friendship. And even when he leaves him, you know, JC later gets taken over by the slugs and then like kills himself to, yeah. uh, he leaves like this recording and he's just, you know, tells him what happened and what to do. But then he's like, I love you, man. And all this stuff. And I'm like, I believe it. I believe it when he says, I it. totally believe it. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's kind of one of those like it totally is this 80s college movie mixed with the horror movie and it fits like they both are believable on their own yeah but the fact that they're like mixed together just makes it that much more enjoyable and yeah like i totally believe the friendship between the two of them and like how they joke and and get along and even like they're in their dorm room like i mean mm-hmm. you're that close to one another yeah, in that yeah. dorm room because it's so small like i hope you guys are friends yeah yeah <laughs> but no it's just all really enjoyable stuff and you know the way they they that when they try to join the fraternity like their interactions with those guys and stuff or just it feels like a classic 80s movie in that in all those ways like <laughs> Um, I love that when they're like, they're going through the like, so you want to join? And he's like, I just want to say like, I'm not up to like sex with animals or anything <laughs> like that. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> and they're like, well, you know, all the brothers, you know, they really bring something to the table. Like, what do you guys bring to the table? And, you know, we pan around and see the rest of the guys in the fraternity. And, and of I course, c- they're like the biggest fucking douchebag I fucking love that, man. Yeah, like, they like, casted them all uh, perfectly. They t- totally. Because I'm like, these guys are douchebags. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was even watching an interview on the DVD. They had like interviews with some of the cast members. Yeah. And the guy that played Chris, um, Jason Lively, he's he's talking about the dude that was the main fraternity guy, the dickhead. And he's right. like, he's like, well, we didn't actually get along with him like on the set, the Bradster. Brad, Bradster. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because he. I don't know. He's like, I don't know if he was method or what, but like on the set, he like acted like that guy and he wouldn't, he didn't like, he wouldn't talk to us and stuff like between scenes and everything. So we were like, well, fuck this guy. <laughs> he's he's like, now I know, like now we're friendly and stuff and it's cool. But for whatever reason, when we were shooting the movie, he was acting just like his character and That's stuff. That's weird. Yeah. So he's like, so it wasn't hard to like act against him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love all that stuff. Um, I think the girl is really good in this too. The girl, the love interest, Jill Whitlow, Cynthia, she's got like a lot of charm to her. Totally. Um, Once they're fighting the the zombie things and she's got the flamethrower and he's got the shotgun and stuff. uh, There's a lot of fun stuff there between them. Just even facial expression stuff too. Like, yeah, totally. And you do get the whole, you, you do get a lot of like insight into the sorority and like the one girl with the cat, even yeah, like yeah. there's that side story with the cat, and um, which gets zombified. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I love that dog getting zombified yeah. at the end too. Hey, dog, did you see that? Did you see that uh, thing in the bush? <laughs> and it's like, he turns and looks, and like, ah, it spits the <laughs> thing into his mouth. Yeah, I mean, it does have that like slow build. To yeah. the end, yeah. right? Like most of the horror doesn't happen until the end, mostly. Yeah. Um, there's like little bits and stuff that are happening here and there throughout, but it kind of, yeah, you're right. It builds to it. Well, I mean, like that garden shed yeah. scene, right? With the lawnmower. Yeah. Which is awesome. Oh, made me also think about uh, Dead Alive, of course. Yeah. Lawnmower. I wonder if that's where he got the idea from uh, seeing this movie or something. Oh, man. That. That scene is amazing. <laughs> yeah, this, so much. Blood. This doesn't get that splattery. No, but I do like the gore that's in this movie, like the blowing the heads apart with a shotgun and the flame throwing, <laughs> like immediately afterwards to try to kill all the slugs that escape. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know, like I do get the low budget feel of the movie. Like I don't, I don't know what the budget was. Like there was no point where I was like, "Ooh, this movie is like." low budget or anything like that like the gore is very well done that when they blow like when they shoot a guy's head off Mm -hmm. and the slugs go everywhere or even the slugs moving around yeah i'm like love it yeah and i'm sure that was like uh like stop motion with the moving slugs or something like that right yeah because they have like a weird sort of jittery movement to them or whatever but it works for this movie totally Uh, yeah, and I don't imagine the budget was large for this by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not like, you don't get the sense that it's like some cheap, cheap movie either. No. Um, like, it's well, it's so well cast, I think, that maybe that also helps make it feel like a real movie, in a sense. Um, yeah. But... I think just Fred Decker just did a really awesome job, and like, he, did, he didn't do a ton of stuff, like he also... 
uh, wrote and directed Monster Squad, which I love. Oh it's yeah, like the Goonies version. You know, with with the kids that are into monsters, Universal yeah. monsters. Yeah, and RoboCop three. He wrote and directed RoboCop three, which sadly is, you know, the most reviled RoboCop film, other than maybe the remake. Uh, and he also controversially, I think, co-wrote The Predator with Shane Black. Oh, crazy. I think, now, Shane Black was his roommate when he wrote this movie. And I think uh, Shane Black also apparently did kind of help him hammer this script out for this. Oh, okay. It's not like officially credited or anything, but right. they were roommates uh, at the time. Man, roommates, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. Roomies. Um, he also wrote, uh, or at least partially wrote, Ricochet. The Denzel oh, wow. film, which we love. That movie's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, House, which I really like House. It's Actually, that's an 80s horror film that uh, that I think I might have watched with you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did watch that. Yeah. Um, apparently, he wrote this movie in a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, which I, is what crazy. I read. Yeah. I mean, with your roommate. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and well, yeah, especially when your roommate is Shane Black, right? Yeah. Which I think he co-wrote Monster Squad as well. Um, but but um, I did see an interview uh, with him saying that um, the final edit of this film wasn't great. And he, uh, I guess the studio or the producer and the editor went and like re-edited yeah, made some changes. And... It kind of taught him a lesson of like keeping things really tight and it made it way better. Right. Apparently. Yeah. yeah I think I read that same thing. He said something about keeping a stopwatch after that. So like, yeah, you know how much time between beats or, or, okay, it's been this long. We need to do this kind of a thing now to, you know, bring it back up, spike it up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, I'm kind of, it's a little bit uh, mysterious to me. Why didn't he keep writing stuff and making stuff like I was thinking about too like oh why wasn't there a sequel to this because even if he didn't want to do it um there was so many sequels to shitty movies like that's true you'd be like you know in the 80s when you had the video store market and uh you'd have this horror movie that was a a general hit I don't think this actually was a hit when it came out I think it no I think it like severely like bombed yeah and it like over time it's grown in uh, appreciation a lot over the years but um why would you remake this but movie? even so like there's so many movies where you, it gets a sequel anyway right oh totally <laughs> and so it's kind totally. of surprising but on the other hand i was like well i'm kind of glad there's no sequel because this just exists as his own little special thing and it's just the one thing and like someone like james wan's going to come along and do a remake like you're saying and like why 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 like just fucking make your own movie. Exactly. Like, make your own goddamn movie. Uh, James Wan made that Malignant movie. It, that was his own thing. Um, it's a fucking wacky movie. I can't say I loved it, but at least he made his own thing. And it was a, right. something unique. So, I mean, there's no problem with like making something that's like sim- like could be a sequel. Right. You could say, oh, it follows all the same stuff. It could be a sequel, but it's not like an official. Right. Well, even like Slither, like we mentioned, like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Right. Yeah, totally. It's its own movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do something like that instead of being like, oh, I got to do like 
Oh yeah, well this is the true sequel to this film. Like, uh, there's that new fucking Exorcist out that, by all accounts, is like just god awful. And it's like the Pope's Exorcist. That one? No, no, the Exorcist Believers. It's the same guy that did these last few Halloween movies, David Gordon Green, where he put out that 2018 Halloween and he was like, okay, this is the actual sequel to the original Halloween and none of the sequels that happened in between like really happened. And so this movie is the but real how, sequel. How can you say that? He just is. And so they're doing that with his Exorcist movie too. They're saying, he's saying this Exorcist is a sequel to the original Exorcist and we're just ignoring all the other sequels of Exorcist that happened in between. Um, it's like, well, you just pissed off a lot of people who are fans of those movies and like, sure. A lot of those movies are, are awful. <laughs> like a lot, there's a lot of bad Halloween sequels. There's a lot of yeah, crappy I guess, Exorcist movies, but all those movies have their fans, right? Okay. I guess say like, say you're semi successful director. Like, I don't know all these directors that do these sequels. Say you're semi-successful or or successful director, and the studio's like, "Hey, we want to do a sequel to one of your favorite movies, right?" And you're like, "What? Why the fuck would you do that? Like, don't do that, right?" And they're like, "Well, you either do it, or we're gonna find someone else that's gonna do it." Right, right, right. And then you're like, "Fuck, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to do it now." <laughs> and then that's how they get stuck with doing these sequels. Yeah. And then once you're in, you're in, you got to kind of sell it like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Or even if you are doing your damnedest to make it a good movie and this, you know, you get studios that are like, Oh no, we need, we need this to happen. We need the, we need you to do this. Like, um, I don't know. I was watching the red letter media guys talk about that new exorcist movie and they were like, Oh, well, so it's basically they've just remade the same movie. Like it's all it's like the same movie except now there's two girls instead of one girl. Okay. okay. And he's, he's like, I can just see the Disney meeting now. And they're like, Oh, well, what do we? What can we do to make it different? Uh, well, instead of a white girl, it's like, what if we had like a black boy? No, no, because then people will be like, No, Exorcist is a girl. They're like, Okay, well, let's have a black girl. No, because then there'd be the people that'd be like, no, it's a white girl, <laughs> you know. Like, okay, and then, let's have a and black, like, let's and have white a black girl. girl and a white girl, and that's how you that's how you arrive at these decisions. Oh right? my god! <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they were speculating, and I think it's. Probably I could totally accurate. see that. Yeah, um, but I mean, my version would be it would be a black and white demon girls like battling out against each other. Yeah, yeah. Like that's my version. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, I mean, I'm glad that there it, it exists as its own thing. It's just a solitary f- movie. It's a special movie by itself. Like not that I don't love cheesy bad horror sequels. I do love that. It's fun to have these ridiculous long-running franchises when we get to the one where finally the person has to go to space or whatever because this this series is so long. But uh, it is also fun when there's just sometimes these little movies that just are their own one-off thing. Uh, like The Burning, for example, that slasher movie we watched uh, a while back um, where the guy like uses the hedge clippers to chop the kid's fingers off in the canoe and all that stuff. It's just a one-off slasher. Yeah. There's no more. There's no sequels. Uh, that's kind of fun, too. Yeah, the whole horror genre is just like so interesting to me because it's like 
It's almost like anyone can make a horror movie. Yeah. Right? Um, it's like a lot of people start out, right? Because it's like, it's relatively cheap compared to other yeah. genres. But it's like, there's always a place, like there's always an audience for horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Built in. Like, I have no idea. I haven't watched any of these straight to whatever demand uh, horror movies. Uh, I'm sure people do watch them, but like, you know, Tubi makes their own fucking content, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm scared to watch those ones. Uh, I mean, now I, love, I love you, Tubi, but uh... <laughs> every now and then I'm going through and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to check out like action movies. Like, I'm like, oh, this like sounds interesting. I'm like, 2023. I'm like, <laughs> mm, no. Or 2016? Uh, maybe if it was like 2000, I would watch it. <laughs> but it's just anything from like 2005 and like newer, I'm just like, I'm not watching it. It's funny too, because like in the 80s, straight to video was not necessarily something that would stop me from being interested in seeing a movie right right be all kinds of trash that was straight to video that i would love that i'd want whether it was action you know science fiction horror right um but you're like you're saying like once you get past a certain year anything straight to video like past 2003 or something you know like like i don't know where the line is exactly but you're like no i don't this is not gonna be well, good in any way. I honestly think it's like once you got into like uh, Netflix and stuff like that, to me, there's no such thing as like straight to video anymore. Like that, yeah, like they yeah, make I it. Mean, they do. They make it, but I'm straight never. Straight to VOD, right? I'm never watching it. Straight to Redbox. <laughs> yeah. Right? Aside from Reptile. <laughs> which I just watched. yeah, but that's Netflix, right? That's so they've but that's trying yeah. to be like a it's like, replaced that. It's like it's a completely different landscape, right? Um, so yeah, something like Tubi will pick up all those straight to video movies from whatever era, yeah, and throw them on the service because nobody gives a shit about them. They don't cost anything. Yeah, to if they can make a box license, then uh, and I guess somebody's out there watching some of that stuff. I guess so. I I don't know. But like, yeah, the horror genre, like it's crazy. So like anyone can make a horror movie. It's like cheap. There's an audience. Um, If it hits, it fucking hits. And you get like sequel after sequel after sequel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the Terrifier. You know, that guy made Terrifier as a small movie. Did reasonably well. Enough to generate enough uh, you know, interest for him to make a sequel. And then the sequel, which also didn't cost like almost anything to make was a surprise hit in the theaters last year. Right. Around yeah. this time. So now he gets to make terrifier three and it's on, it's going on. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, you start with not much, you got to have some vision. You got to have yeah. some, uh, something that's appealing to an audience and whether it's a creepy clown killer or whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, if you got some practical effects, I think in this day and age that, that draws people in, but yeah, I mean, to me, like you don't have to have the best storyline you just have to have like a gimmick. You got to have something, right? Something you can sell it on. Uh, but yeah, so let's, uh, talk about like the finale of of this as it builds up. 
because we get the greatest fucking line ever, maybe in one of my favorite lines in any movie ever. When, you know, he gets the detective who's going to kill himself. They go to the sorority house to save the, the girls there. Um, Chris has got the, gives, gives, uh, sorry, what's her name? Uh, Cynthia, he gives Cynthia the, the flamethrower and he's got the shotgun. She's kind of stunned because she was just about, she's telling her boyfriend and she takes him by the hand. Yeah, yeah, outside. <laughs> he's like he's zombified like zo- already. Zombie already. But she's like not paying attention. Um, oh, we forgot about the zombie bus scene, but yeah. Um, and then he like comes up and he's, he's like, get away from him, Cynthia. <laughs> uh, and she turns and finally notices like, oh shit, he's a zombie. Uh, and then, then the cop goes in the house and he's like kind of <laughs> just barking at the girls in his detective yeah. fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he sees them all coming from the bus because the fraternity got attacked by the slugs and they all got taken over. Yeah, well, because the there was a dog. The dog was in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. And so they crashed the bus. Yeah, and then yeah, they're all taken over by the slugs. He's like, "Well, girls, I got good news and bad news. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so good." <laughs> The first time, like I said, we watched that at the Winchester House. Yeah. And he did that line. That was just a, cr- a crowd uh, yeah. <laughs> pleaser right crowd there. Pleaser Everyone right there. just start killing themselves. Uh, so good. Um, but yeah, love this whole segment. And then, you know, they go, they end up in the basement with a huge pile of the slugs. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know what it's like supposed to be like that's like the the nest or something or oh because there was those brains down there yeah, so the it's science like project. so they're just kind of like incubating I guess down there because well, he's like, like what's in the basement and she's like oh I don't know supplies uh, science experiment oh one of the girls science experiments right which is the brains and so they're all like attached to those yeah um yeah and then he's like yeah, they come down and he's got a piece of tape over his mouth to keep them out. <laughs> and he's uh, he's about to like light the whole place up, uh, which, you know, they learned that fire hurts them. Uh, JC left that message, too, about the fire. Yeah. Uh, when it matches. Did you notice when he's in the toilet when they're they're trying to get him? Uh, and there's like the graffiti on the toilet wall. It says striper rules. <laughs> the like Christian heavy metal. Band. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know so fun it's so fun but there's like so many little nuggets to pick up throughout this whole entire movie like inside jokes everywhere yeah but it's also and it's also just one of those movies where like every little thing works which like just it's a simple movie but like you know they cast it properly the performances are are great um you know everything looks the way it should the special the you know the special effects the practical effects are all fun yeah. Um, this is everything works. It feels like it's firing on all cylinders kind of thing. Yeah, uh, totally. So then he blows them up, but then we see his like burned body come walking out afterwards and fall in the street. And of course, a bunch of them go skittering out of his head into the cemetery. Yeah. Um, which is a great ending. And then the alien ship uh, flying overhead. Apparently that alien ship was used in a Star Trek episode later. That, that model. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't let that go to waste. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fun movie. Um, I definitely think it's like one of those movies like you should watch every year 
for sure. I do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a favorite of mine and yeah, I'm glad I watched it again. That's yeah. my second time watching it. So I showed it to my nieces a, a year or two back too, and they loved it as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, my only regret is like my collector's edition Blu-ray was just the, the Blu-ray itself. Yeah. There was a special special edition you could get that came with a figure of the detective oh, with his trench coat and sick. shotgun and everything. Wish I had uh, gone ahead and got that one too. Yeah, but yeah, he's oh. the best. Thrill me. <laughs> Thrill me. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, you got anything more to say? Like, what's your favorite kill? Oh, favorite kill. Hmm. I mean, they're all sim- mostly similar they're, kills, they're right? Much, yeah. Like, um, you know, they're blowing the heads apart and flamethrowering them, <laughs> which doesn't get old. No. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any that are different. I mean, there's the the axe murder at the beginning in the car as he's chopping up <laughs> the, the woman, the girlfriend. Yeah. Um, the exploding head when they shoot that guy's corpse is a little different, I guess, from the rest of the movie because you got like the... The zombie effects and like because he's all rotten and stuff. That's fun, but yeah, I guess they're pretty much the, mostly the same. But they're all good. Yeah. What's the one? I think it's the when he kills the axe murderer again, shoots yeah. him in the head. Yeah. And then all the slugs, <laughs> slugs go flying, flying everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Or the lawnmower. I gotta I gotta watch Slither again now. I'm in a slug mood. Well, there's also Slugs, the movie Slugs, uh, which is fun as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, that I one's not about check. aliens. They're just it's just They're about just slugs. Like, evil slugs. Sweet, <laughs> love it. That's a good one. <laughs> nice. Okay, awesome. Well, um, our Spooktober continues. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. You should definitely go check out this movie if you uh, haven't seen it. And definitely. And uh, you can check us out on Instagram at Action Action Podcast. Uh, if you want to check out our action movie list, um, we're at 239, 30, <laughs> 39.2, 30, 30 something forever. Um, that's on Letterboxd at Action Action. Um, you can also go on Patreon, become a Patreon follower, make us pick a movie, uh, force us to watch something. And uh, we'll see you next week.